This is Deep Sea Stories from a Navy Master Divers Adventure Studio, telling the deep sea stories about dive lockers we served, and the Navy divers and sailors we served with during our times together. These are the same stories we told and we heard sitting around a bar or on a beach with Navy divers. Now sit down and relax with your favorite beverage and enjoy this deep sea story. So a Navy diver named Pepper Shirley is uh, next in line to tell his deep sea story. Now, I never served with Pepper Shirley. He's uh, about 10 years ahead of my time. And uh, But I first met Pepper Shirley at a deep sea uh, diver get-together we had here in San Antonio, Texas, just a couple of weeks ago. That was put together by Master Diver Sean Fanning. And Pepper Shirley at the table told a great deep sea story about... An old master diver we both knew. His name was Master Diver George Powell. A lot of a lot of folks in his time called him Gunner Powell, but uh, Pepper Shirley served with with Master Diver Gunner Powell, and he has some fantastic deep sea stories to tell us. So, so we're waiting on Pepper Shirley to phone in here shortly. And uh, Pepper Shirley has joined us on the phone. Hey, Pepper, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Hear you loud and clear there. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Pepper, on our uh, on our podcast, Deep Sea Stories, because we hear you have a good deep sea story to tell. But uh, before we get into that, uh, just tell me what you're doing right now, and, and uh, when did you serve, and what you're doing right now. Go ahead, Pepper. Well, I'm retired, and um, I joined the Navy in uh, June of 1970, and I retired in 1994 in Vallejo, California. Wow, so how'd you, how'd you end up in Texas? Well, um, when I retired out of Vallejo, California, I got a job in Houston, Texas, working for Hydrotech Systems Incorporated, uh, doing, um, uh, working for uh, Hydrotech, doing, um, uh, uh, they were a um, oil company, they are a, like a subsidiary, they did. Yeah. Uh, made various kinds of products that supported the oil industry. They made uh, misalignment joints, clamps, uh, pigs, plugs, uh, anything that would support the oil industry. I and see. I was there to uh, support the um, to support the saturation divers offshore. I see. And, I see. And uh, I'd work with them. I'd be topside. And uh, we would work with the component first, topside, and then when they deployed to the bottom, right. if there was a problem on the bottom, I'd help them work through the problem topside. Oh, nice. So you carried over your deep sea experience into the oil field industry. Yeah. So tell me about, uh, when did you go to second class dive school, Pepper? Um, I went to second class dive school uh, in June of uh, 1972 there in San Diego, California. And uh, one of the, the fun fun parts was our class. We had 48 students day one. And the master diver of the school, he called over to uh, Coronado where the SEALs are. And he knew the, the senior um, SEAL over there. And the... Um, he asked if he could send a couple of seals over for day one of our class to um, help us get started as wannabe second class divers. Uh-huh. 
see. And so the senior <laughs> seal over there said, yeah, no problem. So he sent over two seals and at 600 day one, and he turned those two seals loose on us. And uh, so 48 of us students, zero uh, six hundred, and we started PTing on the grinder. And to make a long story short, um, they introduced us to the bell there at 32nd Street out in front of the schoolhouse. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, if uh, any of you want to quit, you ring the bell. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, at 1800, out of the 46, there was 36 of us left. Wow. Yeah. Still and that was during Vietnam there, you know, 1972. Well, fantastic, man. Vietnam era. Yeah. What a great experience and, uh, to be in California going through second class dive school. Yeah. And uh, so, hey, so Pepper, tell me about some of the Navy divers you served with at, at some of the commands. Uh, well, one of the students there was also a member of the USS Jason, the, the ship I was on, because I went from Jason, um, the USS Jason. It was a repair ship, auxiliary repair ship. And uh, we could repair just about any any ship there in the Pacific. Uh, subs, uh, anything from a tin can, a, a, a tugboat to an aircraft carrier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the guy's name, he was Roy Klein. And uh, we went to second class dive school together. And uh, second class dive school was two phases. And phase one was scuba and Jack Brown, lightweight, mm -hmm. and that was four weeks. And phase two was eight weeks, which was hard hat. And uh, hard hat meaning, meaning yeah, the old hard hat, the Mark V. Old Mark V, yep. Yeah. And at the end of phase one, there was eight of us left, or 12 of us left. And four of them were uh, there from submarines, which was submarine divers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were. Um, Strictly phase one uh, divers. They were there for scuba and lightweight. Well, they graduated and they went back to their submarines. Right, right. And so phase two began and the master diver of the school came into our room, our classroom, and he says, all right, gentlemen, for any reason, any one of you eight fail, were physical or medical, you other seven will go back and join the next class and start over. Wow. Yeah. So we looked at each other and said, oh, shit. Uh, so we stuck together for eight more weeks. We yep. were tight. Mm -hmm. Wow. And uh, so the eight of us graduated eight weeks later. Wow. And uh, What about some good times, uh, Pepper? Uh, huh? Tell me some good deep sea stories. Uh, what are the well, best times of your, of your of your deep sea diving career? And uh, remember, we're sitting around a bar telling deep sea stories. And by the way, well, we're we're sitting we're sitting here telling deep sea stories with Pepper Shirley on the phone with us. And uh, go ahead, Pepper. Well, probably the best one I could tell you is the propellers that are in front of the schoolhouse there at Panama City. Uh huh. One night there was four of us sitting at. One of the bars outside the, the schoolhouse, I forget their names now, um, Roy Klein, or not Roy Klein, uh, Sean Fanning, Ralph Bonner, and Mike Cox and myself, we were sitting there, 
and we were trying to figure out what we could do. And we were swapping different ideas around. And I came up with the idea of let's move the two screws from the schoolhouse over to uh, the Navy Experimental Diving Unit and put <laughs> one of them in front of the commanding officer's parking spot and the other one in front of the XO's parking spot. <laughs> and so Sean and uh, Mike and Ralph, they started coming up with how to do it. And Mike Cox is an engineer. Uh, he's got a four-year degree being a mechanical engineer. And so to make a, a kind of a long story short, they figured out how to do it. They got the paperwork, uh, the forklift, the truck, and I had hurt my back. And so physically, I couldn't do the, do the rigging uh, or any of that. So I went back to the, uh, the hotel that Sean and I were, were sharing. So the three of them, Mike Cox, Ralph Bonin, and Sean Fanning, they did all the work. They got the pickup truck, the forklift, and they dressed up in uh, the clothes as civilians and hard hats and got the clipboard. And this is 1.32 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. They had to go through a security gate, a security guard, and Mike Cox did all the talking, and he's a BSer from the word go. And he convinced the, shape, the, the security guard that the commanding officer of the base called him and said, we got to get those two screws from the schoolhouse over to the paint shop, get them sandblasted, get them painted, and put in front of the XO and the CO's parking spot in front of EDU for the command for the change of command, which the which was happening in in a week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, nothing without a nothing without a place. Wow. And so off they go. They pick up the screws one at a time and move them back through the security fence. Uh, and one at a time, they place them where uh, the CO and the XO's parking spots were. They go back, get out of their clothes, and they leave by, I think it was 4 o'clock. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they get all this done. And then Monday morning, I show up back at EDU because I was there for a deep dive. Uh, for the Mark 14 testing and pumps and all of that. And we show up, stand, stand quarters, and everybody goes to work. <laughs> and at, one, at 9 o'clock over the 1MC, I hear Petty Officer Shirley report to the CO's office. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. And so everybody's looking at me. And I go, and i standing at attention, Pit Officer Shirley reporting his orders, sir. And <laughs> the commanding officer goes, why are there two screws on my grass, on my lawn? And I said, I don't know, sir. Don't have a clue. And he goes, well, I have word different. <laughs> Anywhere to make it short as possible. Mm -hmm. He goes, by 1600 today, those screws better be back over in front of the schoolhouse. I said, yes, sir, I'll get them back over there. Wow. And so I do an about face and I get ready to leave the, the uh, CEO's office and he goes, hold up. So I turn around and he goes, unofficially, I go, yes, sir. He goes, great job. <laughs> <laughs> so I leave, I didn't say another word. Man. So I went and got Sean and Ralph and Mike 
And so we got those screws back over there. Back to the schoolhouse, wow. So the next time you're over at the schoolhouse, you're down there, those screws are planted in cement, and they'll never move again. (laughs) Okay, are we ready? So back on the phone here with uh, Pepper Shirley. Just told us a great deep sea story about moving two propellers back and forth from the schoolhouse to NEDU, the Navy Experimental Dive Unit there in Panama City, Florida. And uh, that's a great deep sea story to drink to you right there. And uh, Pepper, I just wanted to ask you, uh, tell me about some good friends you served with and and the best times in your Navy career that uh, you, you want to recall. Okay. Um, uh, I was on the, the USS Pigeon ASR-21 with uh, one of the greatest master divers, George Powell. And... Um, I think this was in 70, 75. This is when the fleet was still diving the, the hard hat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, Beth Morgan, uh, they were getting ready to uh, test the, the Mark I band mask. And they came by the Pigeon uh, to talk to George, and he had five or six of the band masks in his truck, and he was heading back to EDU. And um, I had duty that night on the pigeon, and uh, he brought one of the band masks into the dive locker, and uh, George was there. And uh, over the 1MC, uh, Pit Officer Shirley come to the dive locker. And uh, I walk in, and here's Bev Morgan and George. And uh, George says, Pepper, go set up the uh, air station. I said, you know, he introduced me to to Morgan, he showed me the band mask, and uh, so I set up the air station, and uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm getting dressed in my wetsuit, and uh, we, we put the band mask on. Now, nobody has ever dove the band mask. It hadn't even been tested by EDU, and uh, got, got the band mm-hmm. mask on, and I'm over the side there at, at Mole Pier on 32nd Street, yeah. mm-hmm. and George is talking to me over, over the, the comms, and I'm on the bottom, and he goes, Pepper, do a headstand in the mud. So I'm doing a headstand in the mud. And he goes, bury yourself in the mud. So I'm two feet in the mud talking to him through the band mask, through the comps. And he goes, do a 360 in the mud upside down. So I'm upside down. I'm doing 360s with the band mask on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, overall, I've been on the bottom for 20 minutes. And about 10 minutes, I'm stuck in the mud doing, doing 360s and headstands. And this is before the band mask even makes it back to EDU. Uh-huh. And uh, so I had the honor of being the first first, first diver to dive the band mask. Oh, oh nice. Nice, a plank over, so that, owner of the band mask. That's nice. Unofficially, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that was fun. Wow. Uh, yeah, Joe, Master an- another thing that uh, was fun was while, while we're... Uh, uh, when I was um, at the Saturation Dive School as an instructor, uh, we would go out with the either the Alvin or the Mystic. Those are the mini uh, rescue subs. Oh, yes, I, I remember very well. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we'd go out to San Clemente Island. Um, I forget the name of that surface support craft, but we they would it was like a half of a catamaran. 
the back end of it with a right. half a cat, catamaran. Yeah, I think we knew it during my time at Deep Submergence Unit. We were we I remember it as a Shawesta boat. I can't remember yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, I, I I think most most of us who uh, who've been out there to Deep Submergence Unit there in North Island, we uh, we know those crafts. Go ahead, go ahead, Pepper Show. Yeah, and it was run by these giant. Uh, motors off the back end of it had two of them right, and, right. Uh, but it had a, a lifting platform mm-hmm. that the the alvin or the missy would uh, ride on yes and uh, every once in a while they'd have some of us go out with it to support it to capture it right and uh man that was so much fun because you're on the you're on that platform and you'd launch it out and it was just held on with the uh those Simple little, uh, oh dang it, I'm losing the word. But um, yeah, there I remember what they were. There was the, the the platform came up under it. And it was kind of like a loading blocker, a docking yeah. block. Yeah, it was like a frame. And, yeah, and uh, man, that was so neat because you you'd sit there, you'd hear it coming because it's electric motors. Right. Then you'd see this green blob coming at you, <laughs> and then you'd just simply snap into it with the uh, cables. Right. And uh, then it shut down. The mm-hmm. motors it turn off, and uh, you know it was a very simple system. It wasn't super complex. Oh yeah. And it was then you just winch it down and then lock it in. Yes. It was the most simple thing in the world. It mm-hmm. wasn't over. It wasn't over educated or over engineered. Right. Right. And uh, then you you go down right. You know, swim the swim down to the beam and blow up the balloons. Mm-hmm. And that the back end of the beam would come on up, but you know uh, that was the simplest system to work. Right. And right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that was fun. Yes, it was. Uh, it was a great time. I I, uh, I I was fortunate to serve at Deep Submergence Unit, and uh, we operated the submarine rescue chamber. <coughs> submarine rescue chamber yeah. eight. Yes, it was a great experience. Yes. Yeah, and uh, but uh, another. Uh, when, when after second class dive school, uh, I went back to the uh, USS Jason there in San Diego, and then immediately we left for Subic Bay to go and support um, the uh, block, blockade of Hanoi. Oh yes, uh-huh. 1972, and during that time, Jason moored, and we immediately had anywhere from five to seven tin cans nested out of us, out alongside of us. Mm-hmm. And I made two West packs on the Jason. And during that time, I learned more and got more experience as a second-class diver. I was in the water on an average of, I mean, I was suited up in uh, aluminum 90 bottles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were charged to 3,000 PSIG, and I was in the water uh, 12 to 14 hours a day, and sometimes on rare occasions, uh, I wouldn't get, I was awake 36 to 40 hours a day. Wow. But uh, I got more experience during those Westpacs as a second-class diver. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were changing screws. Uh, We changed one rudder. We dropped it in the water. And put a new rudder on, on a tin can. Uh, that rudder had to be changed because it took a, a round through the rudder that the uh, North North uh, Vietnamese 
because those tin cans were off the coast of Hanoi blockading mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And they were getting in uh, gunfights, shooting back and forth at oh, each other boy. that you didn't hear about on the news. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they were taking hits every now and then, and they would come back in to Subi and to get, get patched up and repaired by uh, the Jason and sometimes the shipyard there. And, I mean, we were, uh, a couple of those tin cans took hits that killed guys, killed wow. sailors. Mm, wow. And, uh, and sometimes the rounds would hit close and explode near the ship, and it would uh, punch holes in the skin of the ship, and mm-hmm. the damaged control parties would uh, patch them because they were taking on water, and then the damaged control parties would patch them, and then when they came in, um, we would put a, a, a box patch on the outside, and then... Uh, you know, that right. they can repair it on the inside. Right. So let me ask you this, Pepper. So during during those times, so uh, on the tenders, and you described that job, changing out the rudders and, and uh, some tin cans taking hits. So the Navy dive oh, walkers yeah. were, were close to that action. Is that right? Now, the Jason wasn't close. We were tied up in Subic. Mm-hmm. But the tin cans were off, off Hanoi. Right. And they'd get in close enough uh, to draw fire from the shore batteries right. that were around the harbor of Hanoi. I see. And then they would get in a, a gunfight with those shore batteries, and then there were, and then that, that means they could locate exactly where that shore battery was, and then wow. the carriers that were further out would launch aircraft to take out those gun batteries. I see, I see, okay, wow. And that was their, that was their purpose. Wow, that's and something And what else. we did, on our second Westpac is when the Jason left, we left with 500 gun barrels, 5-inch 38s, 5-inch 54s. And we had 500 of them on board the Jason. And as soon as we got there, we offloaded them, put them on the pier. And one of the jobs that the bosun mates were doing, because we had cranes on board, is we'd bring along the tin cans alongside and we were rebarreling the tin cans because they were shooting out their barrels to where they were wow. useless. Wow. And on average, it would take four to 5,000 rounds, depending on what they were shooting. And they would shoot out the rifling on the, the gun barrel. And so they were rebarreling their barrels on the tin can. Wow. And... At one point, we took the barrels off of our four single mounts on the Jason, and we gave them our barrels. That's how many barrels. We, sh- we used up all the 500 barrels on the pier wow. that we brought. Mm-hmm. And so we gave them our barrels off of the Jason. Wow. And uh, Something else, man. Not really sure. Yeah. I'm not really sure if uh, Navy divers today experience that. Yeah, being uh, on gun battles, gun uh, gun fights, and changing out barrels for other other ships. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now the divers weren't involved with the barrel changes, but uh, I mean we were doing underwater work. Right. Uh, but you know we were we were patching holes. Right. Right. Uh, doing doing plug work. Um, uh, you know, cleaning sonar domes. Yeah. Um, Doing it the right. old-fashioned way, not with the fancy, uh, you know, hull scrubbers that you hang on to and <laughs> ride. Yeah. Uh, we were doing it the old-fashioned way. Old-fashioned way so. by hand. I hear you, Pepper. Yeah. So, so Pepper, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, 
because uh, we got to got to close out here. We're hard okay. to, hard to believe. Uh, Twenty five minutes has gone by pretty fast, and uh, a lot of good yeah. deep sea stuff right there. Hey Pepper, if you if you could go back, knowing what you know right now, and offer some advice to today's Navy divers, what would you tell them? Uh, the Navy divers, uh, or you mean sailors that wanted to become a Navy diver? Yep. Just uh, what what advice would you offer a Navy diver today? Well, uh, the Navy divers that are uh, in the fleet right now. Let's see. I've been out of the Navy longer than I was a was a diver. I've been out 25 <laughs> years. Yep. I would say hang in there because of the political atmosphere that's going on. Um, you know, just hang in there. Uh, now, I don't know anything about the diver rating because I got out before they mm-hmm. invented the diver rating. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Hang in there. Do what you got to do. Stay proud. Stay strong. Keep your chin up, guys and gals. And keep the faith. Um, keep the faith. And uh, we've been yeah. talking with uh, we've been talking with Navy diver Pepper Shirley. And uh, Pepper Shirley offered us some great deep sea stories. I hope you enjoyed listening to Pepper Shirley and this great deep sea diver story. Thank you for listening to Deep Sea Stories from a Navy Master Divers Adventure Studio. Be on the lookout for the next Deep Sea Story.